Michael Gavin here, and I'm excited to bring you another Jumpstart session. And these some Jumpstart sessions are designed to give you a greater sense of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life. Um, you know, it's very fascinating because I have a number of different topics here that we're going we're gonna to cover today. And, you know, I, I just got off a call with somebody who, um, you know, basically lit me up with another topic that I added on here. And, and, and one of the, the, the super powerful things that you got to recognize for the intent for me is that this isn't black and white. There's not you know, one singular way to do something. So I'm giving an opinion from my 13 years of experience and my experience coaching others. Because what I find is that a lot of you potentially are struggling with this idea that you wanna be full-time or maybe you are full-time, but maybe it's not in alignment with exactly your personality or what you want. And you shouldn't let others define what success looks like for you. Because the reality is you might need or want to make $40,000 a year, but you feel like you need to make 400,000. And so as a byproduct, you can't even make 10. I just had a guy that I coached. He's now on a Netflix documentary series. Another guy who is, you know, went from wanting to make 30,000 who did 400,000. But we've got to start with the steps that are right for each of us. And I just want people to be able to open up their minds and, and ways of thinking to recognize there's not just one singular path for you. Maybe employment is a path. Maybe being freelance is a path. Maybe owning the whole ship and doing everything is a path, or maybe it's freelance and then that becomes the path. There's different paths for all of us, and I just want pe people to be able to release that that weight and that stress and that pressure off their um, shoulders, so that it doesn't uh, it doesn't cripple you. Uh, because I know it can be crippling, and from the years of things that I've done, I've had so much influence from external sources who I don't feel tried to create different scenarios and understand me to where I can make a better decision for what's right for me. So that's where all these things I talk about are coming from a place of just getting you to think about it because there's not a right and wrong way. You're never going to hear me tell you this is the way and the only way. So let's get into it today. <laughs> Supply and demand, how that affects the pricing and what you should charge. When to have your prices on your website. When to stop doing free work. The difference between a free $5,000 and $50,000 project and how to guarantee not to create a sustainable business. So let's get right into these topics today. Here's the thing. When it comes to supply and demand and how that affects your pricing, this is where, again, people don't have context around pricing or where are you at in your business. Because somebody who's in business for 15 years doing the same thing and has more leads than they know what to do with, depending on how they've set up their business, might make it very difficult for you to get a hold of them. I see this a lot in the wedding industry. They end up with so many leads for weddings where, you know, essentially they might have 12 people interested in one date. The thing is, and the problem that happens is if you're observing that person and they forget where they came from and you're like, yeah, let me make it really difficult to get a hold of me. I won't have an email. I won't have a phone number. I won't have uh, basically a simple contact form. I'm going to have this really complicated contact form and it's going to go through all these hoops to get a hold of me. Well, what's going to happen is it'll do what the person who has a lot of business needs it to do. If people really got to have them and really want them, the people who really want them will jump through the hoops to get them and or get a hold of them. And so as a byproduct, what will happen is, is that if you're at a place where you need more business and need more leads, the more difficult you are to get a hold of, then you're definitely pushing away people that you could have potentially booked. Because in the beginning, one needs potentially as much as they can get. And quite frankly, this is where I think pricing and, you know, things we're going to talk about pricing today 
where pricing is a big thing as well. Because quite frankly, you know, the amount of people who have never done anything in video, who are going to come out and they're going to charge really high rates right out of the gate are slim and few and far in between because you probably don't have the right connections. You don't have the confidence. You don't have these different things working for you. So whatever leads you get, you keep losing. And then you don't really have a portfolio or a brand or a reputation. And so therefore, it's hard to get work. It's hard to get business. But if you're at that place where, you know, the ability to just do the jobs, like I think a lot of people, if you talk to them, again, there's exceptions to this, but the, the rule I would say as a whole, is a lot of people you might look up to, more than likely, they didn't come out of the gate charging $100,000 for project. They didn't come out of the gate charging $10,000 for the projects. And they probably didn't come out of the gate even charging three dollars to $5,000 for projects, whether that's a wedding, a commercial, whatever. I see a lot of people who they're like, oh, I've been doing weddings for three years. I do about three or four a year. Now, that's fine if you just want to do three or four a year for 3000 You want to make an extra nine or 10000 bucks, and you got your job and whatever, and you're happy with that. There's nothing wrong with that scenario. But what's wrong with the scenario is if you actually would like to do it full time. Because the goal and the power is when you have more demand than you have supply, you have the power to do whatever you want on a lot of levels. But if four people contact you and you got the person saying, you need to hold strong on those prices. Your value is high. Charge high rates and stand behind those rates. Well, you're like, well, I haven't had any business in the last three months. And, uh, you know, I've had about five people contact me, but they all said no. And that comes back to my question. How's it working for you, right? If it's working great, fantastic. If you're booking jobs and that's working, fantastic. But a person becomes more competent and capable and, you know, able to do things and have that clear, clarity and certainty when they're talking to somebody when they've done more than a few projects. And so if somebody's never dealt with anybody else, that's one thing. But we're living in a world where people have usually dealt with more than one person potentially. Now, somebody getting married? No, they've probably, you know, this is hopefully the first time they're getting married and looking for a videographer. The non-wedding space, commercial, whatever you want to call it, depending on the business, depending on the person, they've been barraged with people offering them SEO and websites and photography and design and, you know, every one of those different things. The designer's telling them, great website. That's the way to a great business. SEO, that's a way to a great business. Great video, that's the way to a great... Like everybody's telling them that their product or service is the way to grow their small business. And by this time, they're just usually trying to get by, most of them. Some have this endless supply of cash to just keep going into people who are promising them the moon, the stars, and the universe, and yet nobody's delivering. And that's where we'll tie in free work here. But the ability to get out there... And do the work for people. I have one guy I'm coaching right now. He's doing a lot. And quite frankly, a lot could tell him your rates are way too low. But what he's doing his best right now is to do his best. And he's getting a reputation. He's getting out there in community. He's really kind of bombing the community. People are getting to know his name. Word of mouth is happening. There's a lot happening. He's building up that reputation. He's building up that brand. He's building up that trust. He's doing what he says he's going to do. And ultimately, that is growing his business. Versus you're out there doing one project a month. Now, that's fine. If you're literally able to do one project a month and that one project pays your bills, again, is it working for you? If it's working for you, fantastic. But if you're like, wow, I barely get one project a month and it's $2,000 and I can't pay my bills with that, but you got to ask yourself, well, how many other leads and opportunities and, and people, potential clients, could you or did you talk to 
that all didn't even give you a chance or an opportunity. So yeah, so supply and demand is a powerful thing. And the reality is the more supply you have, the less demand you have, you have a choice then. You either can keep doing what you're doing and potentially hire people, or you can charge more rates. You know, you can charge higher rates. Because a lot of times what I find is when people tell people to double their rates, well, doubling your rates is a great advice when you're at that place of more demand than you have supply. Doubling your rates when you have no business, I mean, again, if it works for you, fantastic. If it's not, we need to readjust. We need to course correct. Because, you know, the thing is, if it's not working, why keep doing it over and over and over again? Now, sometimes we need to plow the land and, you know, and, and, and create the crops and let them grow. But at the same time, you know, sometimes we, we jump ship a little bit too fast. See what, um, what's happening there on a lot of levels uh, for you guys as individuals because that's where, to me, the power really is. Because the ability to get the nuance into your situation, you have a wife and five kids and a mortgage and you're 40 and this is what you're trying to do versus the kid who lives in his parents' basement who has you know, $500 a month in bills, right? There's a little bit difference in, in the actions that those two different people can take because one might be able to put 100 hours a week into their business and one might only be able to put 10. And that really depends on what's going to happen for you and the focus and, and clarity you really need to have in your business. Um, so when to have the price on your website kind of ties into some of this, right? I believe that, you know, first of all, a lot of you aren't offering very, very cut and dry, everything is equal, buy now, e-commerce type of site. Um, first of all, you know, on certain levels, there should be a level of interviewing for both, right? When you start charging, though, $1,000, $2,000, $5,000, dollars for projects, first of all, Typically, 99% of the population is not going to have a buy button on their website for a $50,000 project, and you just click the button and buy it. Like There will be conversation that needs to be had in that scenario, and most of you who will deal with people, if you want to deal with people, then you're going to have to have a conversation at some point in time. You're going to meet these people. You're going to shoot with these people. You're going to interact with these people. And so I believe that there might be some variant, but again, it's not a, a cut-and-dry everything is equal in my scenario because a wedding isn't a wedding. An event isn't an event, right? Because the event could be five hours away. The event could be on a plane. You know, the event, you know, of course could be three hours. It could be 12 hours. You know, you could be doing interviews and you need to get 12 interviews and there's going to be 12 interviews over 12 days versus 12 interviews in one day versus six interviews in one day and six interviews in two days. So I try to create this because, um, you know, there's, there's just there's so many variables. And so why, again, would you put it on there? You'd put it on there for one because people go, well, I'm tired of talking to everybody. I got all these people that don't want to pay me any money. I get it. And I'm playing with some of this because I've been there. And you don't know what you don't know depending on where you're at. So if you're very intentional and you know what you're doing and you know it's working for you, you're like, man, I don't have time. I got so many calls. I'm booking plenty of weddings. I have demand. Like I don't want to talk to all these people that only want to spend $500. So I'm put and put, I started $3,500. 99% of people, short of the ones who don't even look at anything and just fill out contact forms, will not contact you because they have a number in their head. You're not at or below that number, and so they're not going to bother. Whereas if they like the work and they're not quite sure, they're potentially more likely to contact you. And now you have the ability to learn and practice having conversations and communicating with people. And you know, as my buddy and I were talking about before this, being someone's trusted friend, trusted advisor, 
you know, and, and not having to, you know, everybody looks at sales as this thing of like, I got to sell them and I'm talking about my packages and my pricing and step by step and this is what I do and all the mechanical things, but really people don't typically understand that unless you're talking to peers and they honestly as a whole typically also don't really care. They want the result that you can give them that they've potentially already seen. They want the wedding video, they want the commercial, but they don't want the commercial, they want the, what the commercial is going to do. They want the commercial to essentially grow their business, right? These are the things they want. So by being able to have a conversation and when you're in topics and areas that you understand, so if you love weddings and you're excited about weddings, talk about the day, talk about your passion for it, get enthusiastic about these things. You know, I, I got to a point where people, they kind of, we became friends. And I think that there's a real power in that to be able to be someone's friend and i know that we're you know they're the client and we're the provider et cetera, et cetera. but i think on a lot of these things i mean you know there's just such a power in you being able to have those kinds of conversations versus the conversation that's very i always talk about subway being an order taker versus you just being an order taker and being like you know, what do you want? How many hours do you need? And then you're just helping, you're letting them dictate what they don't really know or understand. And they're looking to you. You've done this 20 times, 10 times, 50 times, 300 times. You're the expert. Act like the expert. Act like the visionary. That doesn't mean it's not collaborative. That doesn't mean you, you can't ask some opinions. But they don't really know, especially in weddings. It's their potential first time. So they don't really know. So you have to guide them. You have to help them. You have to serve them. And it's a lot easier to do those things than it is to sell them. And if you're selling them, and the reality is there's not a lot of value, and you're potentially just a commodity because there's other guys that are going to do the same thing. They're going to have five hours, eight hours, 10-hour packages and things like that. That's not a major value. That's not a differentiator. You're truly, as cliche, and whether you want to accept it or not, you're truly the differentiator. In this day and age, I mean, how many of us can scroll through these Facebook groups and things and things online and see video after video after video? And on a lot of levels, they're incredible. And also on a lot of levels, they don't look a lot different. And if you're the client and this is the first time you're looking it up and you're not in these peer groups looking at everything, they can't really tell all the nuances that you may be able to tell. So for me, the price is there or not. Really, if you want to drive people off and that's your intent and that's what you need to happen, then, then put them on there. But if you really want to be able to, and you don't have the demand right now, then you want to just not put things on there. I mean, my greatest time in the wedding career, it just said coming soon. And, you know, there was just samples on my site. And that's how I had the greatest success. And I just got so good at talking to couples and talking to people. And that became my greatest strength. So free work. Free work's been one of my greatest assets to grow my business. Um, you know, essentially, I have used free work much more strategically now. At times it wasn't strategic, it just felt right and it's just what I did and not knowing that by doing that, that's what led me to working with people like Kim Ferris and Tony Robbins and being to Richard Branson's Island and meeting him and you know all these different people, all these different things that I got to do. Gary Vaynerchuk for people who know Gary. Um, all that came from me creating kind of almost passion projects and free projects that led to paid projects. And you can do that in weddings. You can do that in anything you want to do. 
And you can also be more strategic than I did. I did a lot of trades in the beginning, but really I've also done a lot of things where now the strategic part is being able to transition a client from a free to a paid project. Because if you're not a one-trick pony, now weddings is a little harder. They're truly going to be just create a connection, create a portfolio. You're not going to keep shooting weddings for the same person. Whereas non-wedding work, we'll just say, there's potentially a lot more opportunity for you to be able to do more for that client. Because in this day and age, the idea to just create one kind of silver bullet video and that's all they're going to need for all of eternity is not really likely. They're going to need a potential level of regular content created on a regular basis and things that they can they can upload to social media platforms, things that they can they can send out in email newsletters, things they can put on the website on different pages, different topics they can cover out. So a lot of times the free work can be something very strategic to just open up a door for somebody. And so the reality is when I say when to stop, I don't think ever. It just depends on where you're at in your business, your life, your career, and what kind of work you're doing. Anybody who's listening who's a true full-blown filmmaker thinking, well, I, I spend five dollars to $10,000 to complete a project because I need 10 guys on set and, you know, I got to rent $3,000 worth of gear. Well, you know, on certain levels, this will be a lot more difficult to apply. But I believe the majority of people here listening will be in the kind of solo to a few people helping on a project and you probably already own $20,000 worth of gear. And so... It's a matter of showing up, using that gear, and effectively doing the work for people and showing them that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. You're going to get it done in the time you say you're going to do it. I've got so much work, and my friends and coaching clients have got so much work because of that, because a lot of people are not trusting people anymore. Um, the buddy I just talked to, he did a, he'd spent about $2,500 on a project. The irony is it turned into a $25,000 project. Now, some of you would be like, well, that's a great return, right? 2500 to 25000 Fantastic. He was just with him again doing some more work. But he, that $2,500, he didn't get paid for that first thing, right? He spent that. Now, not always is that going to have to happen, but that's, he has the ability in his business to do that situation. Um, the interesting thing is the people that went before him was like an agency. They got $75,000 for their work they more or less didn't make the client happy, kind of screwed the client over, and it wasn't sustainable for the client. And the projects that my buddy's getting are more than sustainable and more than profitable. And he had to bend over backwards to get the client, in general, to get the client, and then to get the client for three times less than the other person before them went. So you don't know how many other videographers, how many other people people have talked to, or how many times they've already been screwed over. So when you come along saying certain things, they're like, heard this before, because it doesn't mean you're not a trustworthy person. But again, depending on your demand, depending on your reputation, depending on your trust levels, which again, that all depends on the person you're talking to, because at times, it doesn't matter how trustworthy you are or how much your reputation and brand is, these people don't really know who you are. There's still something there. So a lot of times we want to say, well, I want all the risk to go on you, Mr. Client, Mrs. Client. I want you to take on all the risk. Trust me. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. They're like, I've heard it before. Well, you know, trust me. You just got to trust me. And then as a byproduct, they potentially just don't do the project or two, you know, they won't spend the money. They won't do it because they just don't trust you. It's that simple. And trust is huge. And I think in this day and age, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of great people out there. 
There's a lot of trustworthy people. There's a lot of people who are going to say, do what they say they're going to do, and they're going to do it well. Um, but sometimes the loudest and proudest and most obnoxious people out there are the people going out there not doing what they say they're going to do, and it makes it harder for everybody else. Um, and so um, that's the case. So, um, all right, let me dig in here before I go on. So the bottom line is with that, there's no need to necessarily stop doing free work. And again, how's it working for you? And what I love with the coaching is the element, you know, and any questions here and there is let's just ebb and flow and, and course correct and adjust. Because too many people take things too black and white and say anything. It doesn't matter free work, paid work, advertising work, whatever the heck it is. People have tried something one or two times and they get rubbed the wrong way. And then, you know, either they think that that doesn't work at all. Or number two, they create scenarios where they honestly piss everybody else off, you know, and I always say it's the 9-11 thing. I mean, we could argue, obviously, that that was meant to prevent future horrible things happening, but one thing happened one time and everybody got affected by it. I see it with weddings. I see church ladies and people. One videographer did some stupid stuff. There was a photo in a couple of these groups with, you know, the bride and groom right here, and there's the freaking guy with a boom pole and, you know, standing there five feet, like no awareness no awareness that they're ruining the experience for everybody. And yeah, there's sometimes things you're going to do to get a great shot, but not be totally obnoxious in the way the whole time. It's not your day. It's their day. And so you can make a great film on those types of environments without having to be absolutely obnoxious. Uh, but then who's ever there gets tainted by that and now thinks every person who's going to come in is going to do that, so they treat them all like the least worst common denominator. And we don't need to do those kind of things. So Avery is saying, couldn't have said it better, a big problem I deal with when shooting in prices is what I think might be a decent or okay piece of work is often better than the client has ever had or experienced. Typical, uh, always comparing my work to others. Yeah, that's a crippling thing for anyone to do because I've we've all had, you know, I, this is the most endearing way to say this, but you know, the reality is we've all, I've seen so many times where you can see something and be like, man, this is a horrible video. And then I would say, but I bet your client loved it. And they're like, Oh my God, they flipped out. They were giving me so many compliments. They just loved it. You know why? Because the clients don't live in these Facebook groups and forums and online and on YouTube studying every videographer known to man and studying the best of the best videographers that there are. And so you did your best in that moment, and your best is going to get better and better and better, and it's going to grow and grow and grow. But you did your best. And, I mean, most of the things I see today are pretty solid overall. There's always room for improvement for everybody. Um, but that's exactly that. We're way, especially as creatives, we're way too hard on ourselves. Way too hard because we know where the bar could be. We assume everyone knows where that bar is that are our clients. And therefore, when we don't meet it, we never think it's good enough. And I mean, we all go through, I remember hearing something with Oprah and even the best of the best who got off her chair and got off her interview and said, how was it? Was it okay? These are blockbuster movie people, presidents of the United States, all sorts of people that still questioned and wanted her approval that it was okay. That's why a lot of people post in these groups. They want the affirmation. They want the approval from their peers that they're doing a good job. 
But that can also be detrimental because then we get the jackass whispers who come out in, in droves and want to annihilate somebody and who didn't ask people's opinion. And then sometimes you have a great piece and you've got people commenting who don't even create videos or their videos are not as good and they're giving feedback that is not necessarily warranted. But that's a whole other topic. Um, so the difference between a free $5,000 and $50,000 project, I remember I asked this of, of, of a mentor or coach I had back in 2000. In eight, and you know he joked kind of facetious, but I remember him saying, "Well, the difference between five thousand and fifty thousand is forty-five thousand dollars." Obviously, that's obvious, but on a bigger picture, when he dug in, he's like, "There's actually not necessarily a big difference." And I've used an SEO company scenario because I've seen this happen. As I said earlier, video is in video, photography is in photography, a project is in a project. They're not all equal. Uh, even though it can look like that, especially people filming weddings, they feel like it's all the same. Well, there's obviously a lot of similarities. But one of the things that I found is that if you take an SEO company, for example, there could be a solo SEO guy who charges $500 a month for SEO. He maybe makes $80,000 a year. Then there's an SEO company. They do SEO. They charge $5,000 a month, and they make $20 million a year. Both those companies are doing SEO, but one has the capacity to spend far more and value that and get more out of it because now a video is worth $5,000 a month, like a client, excuse me, is worth $5,000 a month to them, which is what, $60,000 a year. So one client who stays for a year could be worth sixty thousand dollars to that particular client so the value that they can put into that video is far greater than the guy who maybe the client is only worth six thousand dollars a year they're only making eighty thousand dollars in the whole year gross so obviously you making a video for those two different types of people one's going to be able to get far more out of that than the other even though the video could be created similarly it's just that the capacity, I would say the water bottle. I take a water bottle. Water bottle I can put under the sink for eight hours. It's still going to hold 12 ounces. It's still going to hold the same amount of water. Its capacity is the 12 ounces. And some people you're dealing with have capacities. No matter what anybody wants to tell you, yeah, there's always exceptions. There's always the people who are going to remortgage their house and do all these crazy things to make it happen. But personally, I don't want to constantly be selling to people who've got to like put their whole life on the line to make something happen, right? So when you sell to people who have the capacity, and here's the argument too. I've had a buddy who does speaking engagement. He did something with Chase Bank once and he does consulting. And he's like, you know, thing is, even with them, there's times where the particular thing that they're going to see value in, they don't see the value in. And so they still won't spend the money on that particular line item type of service. Um, so it just really depends. And this is where it's such a touchy, um, such a touchy thing for people because it's where, again, I think people think that everything's so black and white. And I used to believe that there was a big difference between a 5,000 and a $50,000 project that it did require there being 12 guys on set and it was going to have, you know, 80% it was going to cost me to do that. So 100 grand is easier. So it's going to cost me 80 grand to make the 100 grand. So I'm going to only make $20,000 because there's all these expenses and all these things. Yet I have plenty of people I know who can get 20 and 30 and 40 and $50,000 for projects that still get it done with a two or three person team as a collective whole. 
And honestly, there's an agency I work with that, you know, do some coaching with that is $20 million a year. And they're like, you know, a lot of these solo guys, a lot of these guys and gals, a lot of you out here who are able to be these one man, woman bands are making videos just as great as their 50 person teams. So one time I had a buddy, he made this project and, um, he told me who he was making it for. And for some reason he hadn't charged him yet and whatever. And I said, well, how much were you going to charge him? And he said, well, I was going to charge him, um, about $10,000. I said, dude, everything you told me, first of all, you could probably get 25 or 30 grand. But I said, just trust me, charge $5,000. Sorry, charge less than you were. Charge 15,000. So it's $5,000 more. I said, you always get back the, the situation, the relationship you said you had, because everything's relational. Um, I said, if you know, if it doesn't work, you can go back to where you were going to get. And you'll probably get that and everything will be fine. Well, at that particular scenario, I said, well, can I get $500 if you, uh, if you get that? And about three or four weeks later, I got checked for 500 bucks. Great deal for both of us. Um, but the reality was I asked my buddy with big agency. I just showed him, didn't tell him anything about it. I said, how many people would it take to make this and how much would you charge? He goes, well, there'd probably be, depending on some things, there'd probably be you know, a few teams of people that would work on this project. We'd probably charge twenty-five dollars to $45,000 depending on a lot of things. And I'm like, one guy did that in three days for basically nothing, but he got 15 grand for it. So it's crazy what's possible, the opportunities that are out there when we open our mind and we see things differently because there's not a drastic difference between these. There's a lot of things I did for free through the years that that got me all my paid work because people didn't see that and know whether or whether or not I even did that thing for free. Some people speak on big stages, do huge speaking engagements in front of 10,000 people, and they have all this video and photography of it, and that particular engagement they didn't even get paid for, nor did they get in flights and hotel, but that becomes the marketing that they use to attract small or medium or large-sized things because people see what's possible, and now they want that person because that person must be good. They spoke on that stage, or they worked with that person, and we live in that kind of world. My final thing here today is how to guarantee to not create a sustainable business. I call it jackass whispers. But the thing is, what I found is, is the amount of people that my friends, people I coach, people I'm connected with who have gotten work because we're just decent human beings. We're friendly. We care. We try to advocate for the client. We try to be their friend. We help them. We serve them. And that's it. Just easy to deal with. We take care of them. And there's so many people who really don't want to be doing what they're doing. They don't really care. Well, whatever you want to say, they're just difficult to deal with. And I find that in this day and age, people don't have to put up with that. So that's why if you don't want to do weddings, if you don't want to do this, if you don't want to do that, then don't do it. Like Stop doing the things that you dislike and despise just because you think it's the only way. There are a lot of ways to make money. There are a lot of ways to get by in life and be in abundance in life. And so there's plenty of opportunity. And what I found, I just saw a guy recently as a DJ. He does about 30 weddings a year. He says there's only about maybe 10 of the weddings that even have a videographer at it. A lot of people don't have product problems. They have an awareness and eyeballs problem. There's not people who know who they are. There's not people who know what they do. A lot of my coaching and training and things through the years, what I found is, is I did way too much of it completely and entirely in private so nobody knew that I would be giving, like I'm not sitting here today only explaining, here's my story from 2006 through 2019. Let me tell you about it. I hope you gain some tips and tricks out of it. It's like, I've done that. I've done that a ton. 
Now it's let me show you, let me teach you, let me help you, let me serve you. Hopefully you see that there's value there. Hopefully you see that there's tips worth listening to and you feel good about it. And I really, I practice what I preach. You know, in, in, in coaching and training, I'm out here giving as much value that I can. I even do trials and things with people because I recognize I'm practicing what I preach. I don't have 50 bazillion people. People don't know. That's why I'm in multiple groups now. I did 21 of these lives inside of one group. Got great feedback. Now we're going to be turning into a podcast because also people like Facebook Live. It's great in the moment to kind of, you know, check it out and stuff, but it's a pain to listen to on the road, to download, listen to on plane, everything else, because you lose it. And uh, on Facebook, you got to keep your phone open. You know, there's all these things. And so we all have to find what are we great at? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And how do we spend more time in our strength and less time trying to be that fish figuring out how to climb a tree? That's great. But, you know, if you're ahead of lettuce, you know, metaphorically speaking, if you're ahead of lettuce, make a salad, find a salad. Don't use it as a hammer. Some of us are doing that. We're trying to hammer nails with a head of lettuce. Again, it's a metaphor, but, you know, and it's stupid when you hear that, but we do that in life, right? We have certain personality styles. We have certain wants and desires, and we allow other people to define sex success for us of what, how much money they need or want to make, how much, you know, how many employees they want or need to have. You know, there was once a story that I heard about a guy who was a designer. He loved designing. He was at this organization, but he wanted to make more money. And in this particular organization, the only way to make more money was for him to become a design manager and manage a team of designers, but that would require him to not design as much. Now, for some people, that's great. That's their next evolution in their life. They want to be more managing people and not actually doing the design work. But other people go into that role and they're miserable and they're generating more income than they were prior to that. But the reality is they want to design. So my always big thing with all of this is what do you want to do? What do you obsess about more than anything? There's some of these groups that I see in here. I know what people are obsessing about. And then I see a comment that says, I can't get any work. The hardest part of all this is landing clients. And ultimately, I just want to shoot. I just want to do what I love. But if you don't either do one of two things, become obsessed with relationship building and communication and meeting people and connecting, if you don't have some kind of obsession with that, no matter what, you will have to sell yourself. But you can either sell yourself over and 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 over again to every new client, or you can find somebody who can employ you or multiple people to employ you as a freelancer to just do the activity you love. You'll make more money, you'll be better off, and it's less of a pain in the ass. Because quite frankly, if you really just love running a camera, you're better off finding somebody who's great at getting jobs, and the only thing you gotta worry about is the camera and the shooting and being an excellent shooter. And the more excellent of a shooter you are, the more you can potentially demand along with being a really great person and easy to deal with. So I'm gonna see here we've got, I struggle with looking at clients as a paycheck rather than connecting with them and helping them find solutions to problems. So Anthony says that, absolutely. And the problem is when a person's needy versus when a person doesn't need, it's a powerful thing relationships, it's powerful, right? I got some people I know that are listening right now, right? If you're needy in a relationship, it's repulsive. Girl or guy. The more needy the person is, the more you repel, right? Same thing in business. The more needy a person is, the more, whether they know it, awareness or, what, or not, the more needy you are in business, the more you are going to repel. When you're struggling to get by, the other thing that'll happen is you'll take anything and everything, even if you don't want to do it. And that's how people start 
wanting to do this thing that they love, and they end up with some clients that'll give them some money. They, they're Subway. They take the client's orders. They create projects they're not proud of or excited about because, well, that's all the client would pay for. That's, that's all that they would let me do. And then somebody sees that, and another client comes along and says, hey, can you do this for me? I saw what you did for such and such. And you're like, inside, internally, you're like, here we go again. Another one of these projects, and then outside you go, yeah, we can do that, absolutely. And before too long, years have passed, and if you have built a business, you now essentially have a business that's a job, not fun, not enjoyable, and worse than any job that you could have because you have all this clients and all this work. It's not any fun, not enjoyable. You don't have things you're proud of. But if you can become more of that visionary, more of that person that people trust, where they believe in you. I got a text from my, one of my clients for, for next week, and they're like, I'm like, anything, you know, I've done a couple of years. He's like, man, killed it last year. Love what you do. Just do your thing, man. You're the expert. And that's a beautiful place to get to. And it takes time to get to that place. But it also takes what's on the back here. Clarity, confidence, the right connections, the right relationship, the right alignment, right? Dreaming a little. What does a perfect business look like for you? What kind of clients would you have? What kind of work would you do? Is it just weddings? Is it not weddings? Are you struggling in weddings, but you hate them? The oxymoron here, the irony of everything is I love when people are wondering why, and I believe me again, I've been here. This is why I'm here right now. But it's amazing why we're wondering why we're struggling when we're tempting to do something we really don't want, when we already have an exit strategy before we've even entered. If you have an exit strategy before you've entered, the reality is you might as well not even keep going because you might as well already take the exit because you're not really going to have much success because in the amount of volume of people that are out there doing, doing what you're trying to do who love what they do is in total abundance. So unless that person talks to no one else, because I'm not saying you will not get work, what I'm saying is, is if people talk to more than one person and they happen to talk to somebody who's passionate about what they do and the price isn't too crazy, they sure the hell, and I don't know about you, if you talk to two different people and you're all going to have different levels of your own enthusiasm and personality. Nobody's, I'm going to actually share that real quick because a lot of people who are on here haven't seen that. Here's me. I'm not the same guy now as I was 10 years ago. In 10 years, I hope to uh, have a very successful business um, with my video production stuff. Um, as you can tell, I'm not the actor. <laughs> not at all. Um, I, I like to be behind the camera in front of this, you know, putting stuff together. An amazing 2011. I started with nothing, and um, I've just surrounded myself with really good people. And, you know, anything's possible. I'm kind of goofy and uh, kind of awkward in front of the camera because, again, I like to be behind it. Hey, everybody, it's Michael Gavin here, and I'm super excited to be with you on Wednesday. We're going to do this video in 60 seconds or less. Thank you very much. Just kidding. All right, let's go at it. So I am fired up. Find what you're passionate about, but keep trying. Even in my trying to find what lights me up, I keep failing. I keep doing things. I keep trying so I can find that thing. All right, rock and roll. So I love sharing that video. I know a lot of people have probably seen it multiple times, but at the same time, I like to, uh, I like to share that because I know that 
um, you know, people see people as their todays. They see their work from today. They see what they've accomplished today. They see what they're charging today. Um, and I think the, pr the problem is, is that I'm seeing more of an epidemic of people not being as inspired as they potentially should by that, but rather very much discouraged because we live in an instant gram, Instagram, instant world of seeing everybody else around us and we're not there. We're not living the life they're living. We're not traveling like they're traveling. We're not charging what they're charging. We're not doing what they're doing. And as a byproduct, rather than being super encouraged and inspired, we're actually very discouraged. Not, not everybody, and I'm not saying that's automatic. I'm not saying you're never inspired by what you see. But I see a lot of people in comparison and it's hard to not keep seeing these things and not have at times this like, yeah, but look at me. But there will always be somebody worse off than you and there'll always be somebody better off than you, no matter what levels you get to. That's why I talk about not, you know, not allowing others to define success for you, but yet you define success for yourself. And this is mainly for filmmakers and videographers because there's plenty of generic coaching and generic business and mindset help, but what there isn't is, is somebody who's regularly creating content for the filmmaker and the videographer to help with the mindset and business side of things and talk about that and create the different scenarios that are happening versus everything's either behind a paywall or number two, you never get to interact and ask questions and there's so much nuance, or number three, the people you follow who might be doing well only come out of the rafters every once in a while and actually talk about business. And 99% of their videos are all tech. That's great, but I think you know a lot of people are gonna be coming around to recognizing that just focusing on tech isn't allowing them to be full-time, isn't allowing them to make very good money, isn't allowing them to really get paid to do what it is that they love. Some people, it is, but there's a lot that it's not. And I'm seeing it more and more and more all the time. So this, as you'll see, as I do more and more and more of these, this is my sweet spot. This is what I love to do. This is what I'm passionate about. I love working with people. I love, uh, but at the same time, I love serving. I love helping um, and hopefully providing just that, that relief. I'm, I mean, all of this is because I'm the ideal client. And I can't speak this enough, but after 13 years of being in business, um, and owning a video production company really since I was in high school in 2004 and, and, and generating never happened to be actually employed myself. And that's the thing I think you'll have to watch too. A lot of people haven't made who are teaching and training. I love people who, you know, teach people how to do things that never really generated any money outside of the thing they're teaching them to do. Well, that's great. If you're teaching the tech, I don't care how much money you've ever made teaching someone how to shoot or become a phenomenal, you know, craftsman. It doesn't matter how much money you made because what I see is phenomenal. You create great work. I just want to create that perspective of if you're learning from somebody who create business and the only thing that they've taught is how to essentially teach you how to, to do things, then there's a little disconnect there. And it's something that I found through the years is getting different coaches and support is that they didn't understand my business because they never walked in my shoes. So I've walked in these shoes. I filmed dance recitals, graduations, church services, funerals, slideshows, DVD. I've done some photo thing. I've filmed over 300 weddings, did same day edits, offered 12 different videos at one point in time. I've shot conferences, events, workshops from all the way from a few hundred people up to five, 6,000 plus people. Um, done a lot of different things and worked with a lot of different companies and have a lot of different connections to different business models and different people. And so... 
I'm super pumped to uh, continue to see this out there and continue to see grow and continue to connect with a lot of you and get to know you and get to uh, see you grow and see you win and see you succeed and, and can see you create businesses and lives that you're super pumped and excited about. So if you enjoy this, I love your feedback. Uh, leave some likes and love. Leave a comment wherever. Um, send me a private message on my, uh, on my personal page and connect me with you over there. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Hopefully that answers all your questions for today on today's topic. If you'd like to be on one of the one-on-one jumpstart sessions I'm taking, I'm going to start scheduling those here real soon, and we'll start having those uh, in the mix as well, and I'm pumped to be doing that. So rock and roll, my friends. Rock and roll. Have an amazing evening. Have an amazing rest of your day. (laughs) 